Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. All right. Well, before we get started, I want to make a quick announcement. We realize that some of you have been coming for a while and uh, it's feeling kind of more like your church, but like you're always kind of wondering, how do I like take the next step to get involved, to, to really go from I go to that church to that's my church, uh, really feeling invested. And really over the next three months, the best way to do that is through finding your way on one of our serving teams. Now, this doesn't lock you in for life, but it's just like, I want to try it out, right? Now, here's what I want to encourage you to do, that if you have been coming a while, but you really haven't get plugged in, uh, and we have some fabulous, I mean, world-class, amazing volunteers that pull off this church every weekend. Uh, it, It takes a lot of people, and they do amazing jobs. And I just would love for you to get a chance to experience that from the other side and get to be able to be one of the people who make that possible for others. It makes it so much more fun on Sundays. But what I'd like you to do is pull out your phone, if you're not already plugged in somewhere, and take a picture of that QR code, and we will get you, it will give you a link. If you click on it, it will allow you to be able to fill out a quick survey. Again, this is not committing you to anything, but we'd love to help you. This is where we come in and would love to assist you in some way to be able to take that next step in finding your place here at Brazos Fellowship. Also, you've seen the display in the upper lobby up against that wall over there. It's another place that you can check out some of the different areas, but you just let us know what you're interested in. You may be interested in several different things. We'll get you the information that you need so you can make the right decision for you and your family. So, That is an important next step for many of you. So without further ado, we're going to dive into our message. We've been in a series now for a few weeks called Think Like Jesus. Now, we're going to continue where we left off a couple of weeks ago, but I want to begin with a question, okay? And this is a question that might seem a little odd, but here it is, all right? You know who it's really a struggle not to hate? That's kind of a weird way to start a sermon, right? (laughs) But if you're a parent, how many of you are parents, grandparents, aunt, uncles that are just involved with your kid? Okay, a lot of you here, all right? You're going to totally relate to this. You know, it is those who mistreat your kids or your grandkids or your niece or nephew, right? Isn't that true? And I, I, I saw a perfect illustration of this on my way in this morning, uh, about 7 o'clock this morning as I'm coming into church. I passed this little SUV over here on Texas Avenue, and uh, uh, there's a like big butterfly in one corner of the back of the, you know, the window, and on the other corner, there was a, a sticker, and it said, uh, if you hit me with my kids in the car, I will, um, I will whoop the beep out of you till the cops come, okay? And there's a little mama driving that SUV. I was laughing out loud coming to church. I'm going, that is hilarious. But that illustrates this perfectly. The mama bear, the the daddy bear comes out whenever there's a threat to the kids, right? I mean, it's weird. We're just wired that way. And it's good that we're wired that way. When When their friends 
hurt them, stab them in the back, mistreat them, mislead them, lie to them. It kind of does something and you're like, oh, I'm going to choke that kid, you know? Or if an adult is mean to your child or your grandchild or something at school or wherever, it makes you want to go have some words with them, doesn't it? And what's interesting, it made me think about that this week, that if you're mistreating my kids, don't even think of making peace with me until you get that right, right? Don't even think, like, I don't care if you bring me gifts, you bring me money, you sing songs and praise to my name. I think you see where I'm going with this, right? Like, there is nothing you can do for me that will compensate for the mistreating of my kids or your kids, you get this. And the reverse is also true. There is nothing you can do to bless me more than blessing my kids. There's nothing you can do to, to, to make things, uh, to, the best thing you can do for me is to do something really nice for my kids, to bless them, to honor them. You want to respect me, respect them. If, you want to, if you're in the outs with my kids, you need to get that right. You need to, you need to address that and guess where we get that from. We are made, Genesis, first, first book of the Bible, first chapter of the Bible, verse 26, we're told we are made in the image and the likeness of Almighty God. Every one of you, everybody is. And it is in us, this is part of what is imprinted upon us, is the likeness of Him. He is like this, and we are like this, okay? And, um, and this is so important for us to understand as we go forward, we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but we've been in the series entitled Think Like Jesus, where Jesus is challenging his audience in the first century, but us today to think differently, to, to think radically different, to approach people and situations and circumstances real different than what is the knee-jerk kind of just just go with what feels natural kind of approach. He's saying, no, kingdom living, living in God's kingdom is going to be a little bit different, all right? In other words, he's showing us how to know and to love God as his kingdom people. And we talked about this week one in the series. If you would like to go back and check that out, I kind of walked you through the teaching, the proclaiming of Jesus' good news. His gospel was the kingdom of heaven has come near. It is available for you and you can enter into it right now. You don't have to wait till heaven. You can start living as a kingdom citizen a child of God now. It is an option for everybody. And he's showing us the first step in that is learning to love God. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And it means to begin to live as a kingdom person by loving and treating other people the way that God would, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says all the law and the prophets hang on these two. Don't try to divorce these two. Don't try to break that well. These are inseparably linked. Love God, love people, right? Those are always together. Jesus always taught those that go together. As a matter of fact, later, 1 John, I think it's 4.20, it says anybody who claims to love God but hates on his brother and sister, they're a liar. The love of God is not, they don't understand the love of God. Something, there's been a miswiring in their mind. If you think it's okay to hate on somebody or mistreat, disrespect, and say, oh, but I love God. Jesus would say, I beg to differ, and I'm the Son of God, so I win. So anyway, uh, <laughs> but Jesus would say, listen, I, I, I'm wanting you to come 
and follow me and to trust me. Now, the people of Jesus' day, and this is part of what he was responding to, there was a lot of hollow religious activity. A lot of people who were going through the motions, people who would say, Jesus, I'm following the rules. I'm doing what you tell me to do. I'm checking all of the boxes, right? I'm, 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 I'm in church when I'm supposed to be. I'm doing all the right things. But Jesus' response, and I hope you see this all through this part of the Sermon on the Mount, is he's asking, but what is in your heart? What's going on deeper? What's going on deeper than just your behavior? Like, yeah, it's good that those laws are out there. If Think about them kind of like guardrails. Like guardrails are going to keep us from going off the edge, but if you're having to bump into the guardrail all the time, you're not a good driver, are you? Like you don't want to ride with somebody who's all constantly hitting the guardrail. Like that's, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. You should be good enough. There, there should be something inside of you that says, okay, I'm going to keep some, di- I'm going to like there is something innate in the heart that is guiding life. There's a love for God that spills over into a love for other people. And Jesus says the first step, really, in understanding what it means to be a kingdom citizen is to redefine, reapproach this whole idea of righteousness. And to Jesus, righteousness was a really important thing to understand. As a matter of fact, before he even dies into the sermon, in verse 20 of chapter 5 of Matthew, he says, let me give you this warning. Let me warn you because a lot of people mess this up. They botch this and it messes them up big time. All right? He says, but I warn you, unless your, let's say it together, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, and by the way, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees would be considered by anybody in the first century is the most pious, good, I mean, nobody's gooder than those goodies, you know, those guys, they're good, they're really good, like they keep, they like, they, they're doing all the rules, look at, like, I can't fault them on anything, but their hearts were untransformed. Their hearts were not with God. And he says, it is better, uh, pardon me, this righteousness is better than the righteousness of the the teachers of the law, uh, uh, yeah, of religious law and the Pharisees. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven unless your righteousness is better than theirs, unless you approach righteousness in a completely different way. I don't, I'm not, Jesus is not advocating for more legalistic, try to keep more rules, try to do more good stuff outwardly. What he's saying is, I want you to begin right here. I want you to really look close in your own heart. I want you to really start a whole new. So here's the definition I want to give you based on what Jesus taught, what he exemplified his ministry throughout his life, this righteousness that Jesus came means to having a right love for God that leads to a right relationship with God and with other people that produces the right actions. You see, the actions just simply flow out of the right heart, that you do the right things because you're transformed. You're the kind of person that just wants to do right things. This is what Jesus is after. He's not just trying to say, okay, you know all the rules you've been trying to keep? Here's more. Just heap them on, and here's more and more. He's trying to say, no, no, let's get right down to the source of why you keep messing up your life. Let's get right down to the source of why you keep struggling between you and God, and you always feel like He's far away, and where is God? And 
It's what's happening in your heart. It's what's happening down the core of who you are. And so Jesus, in this sermon, he gives us these six critical life situations where we are likely to face all of these things, and he is challenging us to really think about how are we going to respond differently now that we are followers of him, that we are citizens of heaven, that you're children of God. Like, this is really important. Now, last time we looked at how do we respond when we are irritated with somebody. We're angry with them, and it turns into contempt. If you've ever struggled with that, and I have to believe everybody has at some point, you might want to go back and look at that sermon uh, from a couple of weeks ago. Now, today, we're going to flip the script a little bit, and we're going to look at what Jesus is going to show us today is when someone else is irritated with us, right? And here's the question I want us to wrestle with today. Who has unresolved conflict with you? Even if you don't know what it is, you're like, I know she's got some kind of beef with me, but I don't know what I did, right? Jesus is going to give us some real specific instructions on how to proceed with that. Like, this is really important. And maybe it was a falling out that you've had with a friend. It was a falling out with someone at work. It was a bad, nasty breakup that you had. Either it was a dating breakup, or it was a divorce, or it was whatever. And it's just like, obviously never the same. It's like really awkward. Maybe it's something where you're like, I borrowed something, and I never gave it back. I borrowed money, and I never paid it back. I took credit for something that was theirs, and I never really gave them credit for it. Whatever it is, you... Um, you felt that. You knew that you took something, and they have an, there's an offense against you. And maybe sometimes it's totally unintentional. You're not even sure what it is, what you did. But Jesus is going to give us some real specific instructions this morning. And here's the question before we dive into the sermon of, from Jesus today. I want to set you up with this question, okay? Have you ever felt worse about missing church, missing worship of God than mistreating someone at work, at home, among your friendship circle, or maybe you just let somebody have it on the phone, right? Because you're never going to see this person, so you're just going to give them a piece of your mind. Someplace, somewhere where you felt justified to disrespect, to dismiss, to degrade, to put all your anger upon them, whatever that was, is there some place where that has happened for you? Because if it has, and it certainly happened to me before, I'm going to be honest, right? Like that's happened to all, many, many of us. What Jesus is about to say to us may shock you. So we're, let's take a look at Matthew chapter 5, starting with verse 23. Here's what he says. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, so Jesus is setting us up with a context. We're in church, like we're actually in a place of worship, he's saying, right? You're at the altar before God, and there remember, like it occurs to you while you're there, that your brother or sister has, let's say it together, has something against you. I think Jesus is intentionally vague here. What, it, what do they have against you? Something, anything. We don't know. It could be any, like he left it as wide open as it could possibly be, Right? Just, there's just something out there. There's something lingering out there they have against you. Here's what he's saying. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. Like, I want you to stop what you're doing. 
you have my permission to not wait till the end of the service. I want you to leave right now. First, go. He's going to give us an order of things. First, here's the first thing I want you to go and be, let's say it together, go and be reconciled to them. I want you to go at least attempt in love, graciously, kindly. I want you to go to them. And then, here's second, second part of that. Then come back. He's not saying worship of God is not important. It is. Then come and offer your gift. I want you to do this, and then I want you to do this. You see, it's like Jesus is getting us to ask, what is the point, right? What is the point of going to church if it's not to examine our heart before how we love God and how that impacts how we love other people? And if this isn't some part of this equation isn't right, Jesus is saying, listen, you have my permission to leave before churches lets out, you have mine. Since you have Jesus, you have mine for sure. You can leave and go meet with the person, talk to them, and get as close as you possibly can to the way that the first century, the people who heard this very first, would have done it. All right? Go to them if you can face to face or FaceTime with them if that's not possible. Talk to them on the phone if that's not possible. But try to get as close as you can to the person and talk to them. Begin to work it out, to seek out that offended person, that person who's been hurt by you, whether it was intentional or unintentional, to sit down with them, talk to them. Did you borrow something and not pay it back? Talk to them about it. Say, listen, I'm bringing that over today. I borrowed that thing and I, I just never, I'm sorry. And, and let's be honest, when you borrow something and never bring it back and never really intend to, that's just a lot of words for stealing, okay? <laughs> Let's be, I mean, right? That's, that's it. If somebody borrows something from you and they never intend to bring it back, they're not bringing it back. They just took it, right? That's not okay. Jesus, like, you need to think about what have you done intentionally or unintentionally to someone else and go to them. Maybe you borrowed money and you've never paid it back. And you may say, well, Pastor Will, it's so much. I couldn't pay it back right now. Like, it's too much for me to, I can't just do that. Well, then go call them up and say, hey, I'd like to start paying it back, and I can afford this much a week or this much a month. In good faith, I want to make restitution for what I have done. I want to, you know, please let me get square with you. I want to do this, right? Do that. Call them. Set it up. It's so important to do that, to offer that, and then come offer your worship. And even if they're upset with you and you don't even know why, you don't even understand, still seek reconciliation with them. And may they may bring up something that you don't remember, you didn't mean to hurt them, it wasn't intentional. I, I have done that. And there's been times where I've had to swallow the crow. Like I have to go, okay, this is hard to hear, but this is probably accurate. And even if I don't think it's accurate, their experience, I can't deny. It's how they felt when I did what I did or what I said what I said. And, and uh, you know, I live with a, a house full of women and I've had to do this a lot. Let me tell you, I have done this a lot and not meaning to, but I have to apologize. Like, I didn't mean that. I'm so sorry, sweetie. Like, let me own this, right? And, and, and there's more work to be done on that, but it's so important. To begin to own that is so important to, uh, to take that step forward and to, to know that that's part of that reconciliation process. 
Now, why? Why is this so important? Because unresolved conflict with others hinders our relationship with God. This is what Jesus is getting at here. He's saying, listen, I don't want you to live with this hindrance. You you know, like if you really say you love God, but you're not willing to go the extra mile to show love to other people, like there's a short circuit here. You're not fully understanding. And I'll freely admit, this is a scary, challenging next step in many people's discipleship that they refuse to take. It is hard. It's hard for me. It is uncomfortable. It is awkward. But I'm telling you, it releases you spiritually, and it is a breakthrough for peace in your life. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. And therefore, once you begin to understand this, we need to commit that I will, you will make the first move regardless of who moved away first. This is not a time to point fingers and say, well, they started it, God. (laughs) They're the ones who moved away. They're the ones that got their feelings hurt. This is on them. They're going to have to come. They know how to get in touch with me. They can come. Jesus is not giving us that out. He's saying, nope, if you're a citizen of the kingdom, you're my, my, you're my people, you're my children, this responsibility is on you and it's on me to do this. Now, think about this, ladies and gentlemen. If we actually began to do that, if all the people who claim to be Christian began to do this, began to seek reconciliation and, and, and come with graciousness and loving to another person that we feel like we have offended or we know we've offended. This is radical. This changes the world. This would change the way people do business big time, how civic structures work, how our government works, our world works. It would change the way the church works. It would change everything for the better. It would be, according to Jesus, one very critical and important step towards bringing the kingdom to earth. God's will be done. His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. This is how you do it. Jesus is just showing us how. And what he says to do, it's so obvious. Like once you do it, you go, ah, this is like the best way. This is the best way to live. He was right. He's brilliant. He's not just the Savior. He's not just the Messiah. He's not just the Son of God in title only. He's the most brilliant, insightful teacher of the human experience that has ever lived, period. And until you get there, you won't follow him as Lord. Until you come to that place of saying, I'm going to do it because Jesus said it, not because I fully understand it yet, and he will bless you anyway. It's so powerful. And I'm telling you, this is something that I had to do just recently. I was praying about this this week as I was putting this message together and just like, God, is there someplace I need to do this? And God says, actually, yes, there is. <laughs> and um, it was awkward and it was, I was a little nervous about it. I wasn't sure what the response would be. And uh, I reached out to somebody. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. And I was pleasantly surprised just prayed about it big time. God, I don't know how this is going to go, but I know I'm supposed to do this. And there was graciousness and love brought back. And there was like a weight lifted. You don't even know you're carrying it. 
Many of you are carrying it all the time. It's this weight, this burden. It's just like, golly, it's just fatiguing. You're carrying it all the time. But there is a peace that God's like, with me and with them and with yourself, that you don't get there apart from attempting, trying, reaching out. It's so important. Now, Jesus gives us a second illustration here in in verse 25. And he says this in verse 25. He says, settle matters quickly. All right, let's do it one more time. Settle matters quickly, all right, with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, all right? He goes on to say, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid every last penny, Jesus is saying. And this was the the accurate, like, this was the cold, hard reality of the first century. If you were indebted to someone and you could not pay them back, they could call that debt at any time. And if you couldn't pay it all, you would be thrown into prison until you paid it back, which was ironic because how are you going to pay it back when you're sitting in the jail, right? Like that's, you can't. Unless you have a wealthy relative that's going to go pay the debt and then you pay them back, or if they're really generous, they're going to pay it and not make you pay them back, which nobody did, and almost nobody had wealthy relatives like that. If you got called on a debt like that, you were thrown into the clink for the rest of your days. You would rot in jail for the rest of your life because you, you couldn't pay it back. And Jesus here is just saying, when it comes to conflict, unresolved conflict, it will constrict and restrict your life. It is like a prison. It can imprison our lives in ways that we are not even perceiving at the moment. You just know that it's just not great. And like, I feel far from God and I don't really understand what's happening inside of me, but there's no peace and it's all anxiousness. And Jesus would say, maybe the prison door that you need to try is seeking reconciliation with some of the people that you've hurt. This is so important. So let's look at these two illustrations for just a minute. In the first illustration, it took place in church. The second one is in the court of law. Now, let me just say this really quick, because some people have misinterpreted this illustration from Jesus and just saying, well, this is Jesus saying that you should never go to court if you're a Christian. You should never, ever defend your uh, righteous uh, cause before a court of law. And that is just not the case. This is not Jesus forbidding you from going to court. Sometimes that is necessary. He is forbidding us from <coughs> letting bitterness and anger and resentment build up in our hearts towards another person to the point where we want to hurt them in a court of law or anywhere else, because this is what happens in our day. You know this. You've seen it, right? Somebody gets mad at somebody, and they say, well, I'm not getting what I want, so I'm going to get an attorney. And they get an attorney. Well, I'm going to get one too. And then it just ups the ante, ups the ante. And I've had attorneys in this town tell me people get so angry. They don't even care if they can win. They just want to inflict as much pain on the other person as possible. Insane! We're not even thinking clearly. It's not even rational anymore. And that's what happens. And Jesus is trying to help us to avoid living as slaves under that kind of anger and resentment and unresolved conflict that happens so prevalently in our society and in our world and our families. 
And he's saying, listen, when it comes to this, uh, let me do this one more comparison here. The first one is between a brother and sister. The second uh, parable or illustration is between an enemy or adversary. It's getting worse. But in both cases, uh, there is someone who has a grievance against you. And in both cases, Jesus is teaching us to take immediate action. Like, stop what you're doing right now. Go and make it right with that other person. Don't wait so that you might minimize the damage to you and to them because it is wreaking havoc in your life and you may not even realize how much it's doing to you. But let's be brutally honest with each other in this room. We talk ourselves out of that all the time and we think, that's their problem. And we, by putting it off, we only make it worse on them and on us. And if we would just settle matters quickly, to use Jesus' language, we would be so much better off. We would be so much better off. And so Jesus tells us that, that we should be willing to do that, to be, so, to, to be willing to go quickly, deal with it quickly, remove the hindrance from your relationship with God. There is a greater peace with God that you will know once you make that step and the other person also is going to feel that peace. There's going to be a peace between you and God and you and the other person. But I know that some of you may be pushing back and saying, well, Will, what if? What if I've tried and I've tried and it's just that they're not willing, it's just not working? And, and look, trust me, I have done this too. And, and I've had to go back to a same hurtful or broken relationship multiple times. And sometimes it takes multiple times. But to continue to be loving and gracious, ask for God's help on that. But the Apostle Paul takes this teaching of Jesus and gives us some beautiful application on what to do when this happens. In Romans chapter 12, his letter to the Roman church, verse 18, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, if it is, let's say it together, if it is possible, because sometimes it's not, let's say it together, possible. Sometimes it's impossible because the person is just like, I don't care what God told you. I don't want to reconcile with you. I don't want what God wants. They might not say it that way, but their actions do, right? If it is possible, as far as it depends on who, on you and on me, right? Live at peace with everyone. There is a peace that we miss in this life, when we live with just, well, everybody's in conflict. It's just normal. We're always kind of hating on somebody, right? That's not okay. Jesus says, no, 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 no. When you live in the kingdom, that's not how you live in the kingdom. That's not kingdom living. That, that, that's the kingdom of this world. That's living under the law. You don't want to live like that anymore. Let, let me help you with your heart. Come and learn to love God with everything you've got. And it will change the way you love other people. You'll begin to see them the way he sees them. Even the people you don't agree with, they, their lifestyle, their choices, or whatever may disgust you, whatever that is. But you can still love them. You don't have to agree with all their stuff, right? Jesus didn't. And he was around all kinds of people that their lifestyles were real, real different. But he loved them. And he said, I'll show you how to do that. You can't do it in your power and you can't do it in your strength. It's not humanly possible, but what is impossible for human beings is possible with God. 
Emmanuel, one of the names given to Jesus, God with us. While He's with us, we can do things we could never do without Him. And He's wanting to let us do that. But He's helping us to see that we need to keep the door open. Even if it, the first try didn't work, keep the door open for peace to happen. Keep it open, even if they continue to close it. We must take, make the first move, regardless of who moved away first. We got to be willing to say, I will take that step. I'm going to take that step. It may take more than one try. It has on, for me, many occasions. And I, you just got to swallow your pride and say, this is maybe some tough things to hear, but I'm willing to own that. Extreme ownership of whatever has happened. This is so important. And to ask for forgiveness. And wow, what a difference it makes. It's so powerful. Now, Jesus is asking all of us today this. Why, why don't you, why won't you go to them and make it right? Why don't you do that? Just let today be the day. Now is the time. Somebody, maybe he's bringing to your mind that you need to speak to today to ask for forgiveness, to pay them back, to set up a, a, a way to make restitution for whatever it was you did. But get honest with them and say, listen, I want to make this right. You're right to be upset with me. I'm so sorry I hurt you. Right? That, that is a huge step of maturity just to go there. And I want to encourage you today to be willing to do that, to take responsibility I believe Jesus would say to us today, I couldn't have said this any clearer to you. This is your responsibility. It is my responsibility to go, to reach out, to seek reconciliation with other people. Don't let unresolved conflict hinder your relationship with God any longer. Like, I hope that today you'll say, okay, I'm done. I'm done letting this hinder my relationship with God. I don't want to live like this anymore. And let me just say this really quickly. For those of you who are not Christians, you're not a believer, you're watching this online, you're, you're not like you're not walking with God, you say, I'm not a person of the kingdom, I'm not a disciple of Jesus, I'm not a Christian, whatever language or lang uh, label that you would put on that, you're not there yet. Let me just say, and, and to consider something, and maybe you've never thought about it like this, but many times a broken faith in our life is connected to a broken relationship. Many times, and this is hard to see and sometimes even harder to admit, but many times it's because somebody injured you, somebody hurt you, offended you, that represented God or the church or the Bible and made you turn your back on all of it for, for a period of time, maybe right, still, still to this day. And let me just invite you to, to consider something. It's, as important as it is for you to reconcile with another person, it is more important for you to reconcile with your heavenly Father. In this picture that Jesus paints for us in this first illustration, that was him. Here he was in the sanctuary of heaven, beautiful place of God's glory, and he set everything he was doing aside to come down here for us, to reconcile with us. So beautiful. In the second illustration as well about your adversary, your enemy, in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, we're told that 
even while we were enemies, adversaries of God, we were living in a sinful state that was rebellious against God, that God sent His Son Jesus, who volunteered on our behalf to come down to reconcile us with Him. Beautiful. Jesus is not asking us to do something He hasn't already done for us. He's asking us to simply follow in his footsteps and he will empower you to do which is impossible for you to do on your own. And I want to encourage you today, would you be willing to just take, I know it's scary, it's awkward, it's rough sometimes, but to take a big step forward in your faith and say, okay, God, who is it? (laughs) Who do I need to reach out to? Maybe there's a list. Maybe there's, maybe there's more, multiple people, but who do you need to reach out to today and say, I'm going to attempt it. I'm going to have a conversation. And here's the prayer I'm asking you to pray with me. Simply say, Lord, I'm not willing to let unresolved conflict hinder my relationship with you any longer. It ends today, right? Help me to reconcile with them and with you. Some of you may have to start right here. Start first with reconciling with the Lord Jesus, the Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, ready to come and be a part of your life right now. If you would, let's bow together in prayer. And I want to ask you if you would put this into practice in your prayer first, and then as we leave here, to begin to commit to make this a reality in our life. Lord Jesus, we come before you right now. I pray for every person in this room who is, to be quite honest, has some unresolved conflict in their life. And you know who you are. There's a conversation that needs to happen. Even thinking about it makes your heart race a little bit. It makes you a little uncomfortable. Gives you a kind of a knot in your gut. But God's saying, step out in faith in spite of those things and I will show you my faithfulness. Even if it doesn't work out perfectly, I'm going to show you a greater sense of peace than you have today. Right now, all across this room, if you would be willing to say, God has made it really clear. There is someone that I need to go first and be reconciled to, and I'm saying yes to God. Would you just lift your hand right now, all across this room? Anybody here that's saying, yep, there's somebody, this is me. God bless you guys. Anybody else in the balcony? Anybody? God bless you. I see your hands up there. Anybody else? Would you just be willing to right now, just commit to him and say, Jesus, yes. This is not going to be easy. But I know if people like me aren't willing to make this step, that prayer for your will to be done, your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, is just prayed in vain. It is empty words. It is hollow religious activity once again where people aren't willing to put their heart and their their obedience where their mouth is. God, I pray that won't be us. Help us, Lord, to put it into practice today. You're bringing a picture of someone to our mind right now, somebody we need to reach out to, somebody where it hadn't been good for a long time, and we have put it off, put it off, put it off on them. It's their fault. It's, It's on them. And God, you couldn't have been clearer today, Jesus. It's on us. We need to reach out. We need to show love. We need to be gracious. We need to give you space to work in our life. 
place to, to show your graciousness to another person. I pray, God, you would use us. You may put your hands down. And right now, as we're still in a moment of prayer, anybody in this room right now, that online that's watching this, that would be willing to say, I am not walking with God right now. I am not in a relationship with him, nor do I feel like I maybe ever have been. And today is the day. God has put it on my heart. I need to give it all over to him and stop playing games with God. Would you just pray right where you sit? Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sin that is keeping me from you. I want to reconcile with you right now. Thank you for coming down here and clearing away all the obstacles everything that could keep me from you. You have pushed it aside and you have come down here and loved me in spite of me. And right now, would you just tell him, Jesus, I invite you into my life and I ask you to forgive my sin. I accept your death and resurrection into my life right now. May it be personal. I follow you the rest of my days. You are my Lord. You are the only one who can bring peace to my soul and to my heart. Would you tell him that? Forgive my sin and be the leader and Lord of my life. If you just prayed that for the very first time, would you? I'd love to pray for you. Would you just lift your hand all over the room, online, just indicate it, let us know. God bless you, ma'am, right there. Anybody else? Giving it all over to Jesus. Anybody else? God bless you, sweetheart. I see you. And right back there, sir, I see you. God bless you. Thank you for opening up your heart, your mind. Anybody in the balcony? Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for speaking to our hearts today. Thank you for challenging us. I know this is just challenging to hear today, but Lord, I pray you give us courage. You give us strength to rise to the challenge and let it change us for the better. And I pray it all in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next weekend as we talk about lust. That'll be fun. Take care. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.